Thanks for tuning in to the seventh episode of What Do You Say Anime. On today's episode, Adam is back! And we will discuss what we are planning to watch for the fall of 2019 anime season. Discuss our time at Crunchyroll Expo in San Jose a few weeks back. We will do our ever-popular off-the-cuff segment. And we will wrap things up with another game of Anime 20 Questions. So sit back, try not to get transported to another world, and let's get this party started. Episode 7, everybody. After a long hiatus, I'm back. I'm Adam Bomb, the Fatal Otaku, and joining me today is Pete, the one who's been holding down the fort for us while I've been gone. Pete, how, how have things been going? Going good. Playing a lot of classic WoW. Glad to have you back, Adam. Looking forward to uh, the fall 2019 anime season. Yeah, I'm looking through some of this stuff. There's a, a wide variety of different shows that we're going to be looking at today. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's the do first it. Show that, the first show we're going to be talking about, My Hero Academia Season 4, is probably the most popular show coming back, or one of the most popular shows. And it's a show I'm going to be watching. Peter, are you going to be watching this one as well? I'm going to be watching it. I'm looking forward to uh, Season 4. Season 3 ended on a pretty high note, I thought. And I'm looking forward to the addition of the Big 3 for Season 4. Yeah, I haven't looked anything up. I know there's people who have read ahead already and know what's to come, but I'm really excited. I don't know what's going to be coming up. The big three, though, are some pretty cool characters. I'm interested to see what's going to be going on with them and how some of their powers work out in the real world. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how um, the addition of the big three, like how they adapt to the first-year students and see how they can improve the main cast. So. Really looking forward to seeing how that story progresses, and I also have not read ahead, so I don't know what to expect. So I would say they've been ending on pretty high notes, and then uh, transferring into into pretty good stories in the next season. So really looking forward to season four. Next up, we have the fourth season of Shogeki no Suma, aka Food Wars. Uh, Lots of people are looking forward to this one, too. It's going to be another big one, just like My Hero. I was lucky enough to see the first 12 minutes at Crunchyroll Expo. and Yeah, I did not get to see that because I didn't want to sit and wait in that line. <laughs> so the big issue with how they're handling Season 4 is that the manga is kind of ending on a random note. kind of came out of nowhere where people didn't expect it. And a lot of people have said that the ending is not as good as they thought it was going to be. And season four from the first 12 minutes I've seen is kind of reflecting that because it felt really rushed. Um, you'll find out when you watch episode one. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, but it looks like they're trying to push the pace of the show very fast as it already is going super fast, but it's at a whole nother level. But regardless, I'm still going to watch it. It's still going to be a really good show. I'm a huge fan of Food Wars, really fan of the over-the-top cooking and comedy that we get in, along with it. Yeah, I remember my first time watching the show and how much it like energized me to get back into watching anime because it was just so different and unique. And it's unfortunate to hear that it might be being pushed a little too fast, but overall, I feel like it's going to be a show that I'll still enjoy watching. It's going to have to pick, take a big dip 
in order for me to not enjoy it. I agree, and uh, I think it's I think people have the expectation of Food Wars being in this over the top type of show. So I think the pacing is not going to be an issue for the people who enjoy the show. Absolutely. Third show on the docket is the show I know you're probably not going to watch. I know I will because I enjoy the show. Sword Art Online: The War of Underworld is starting. That's the second part of the Alicization arc, which just, I believe we had a one-season hiatus between the start of Season 3 of SAO and the closing season, part of the season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I know people have been reading, who have read up on the light novel are real big fans of this whole Alicization arc. The first part wasn't that amazing to me. I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't the best. So I'm hoping this war arc from what people have said should bring it up to another level, but they've been, people talk SAO up a lot, so who knows if it's just fans being like fanboys or what. Yeah, I will not be watching this. I thought the first part of Alicization was pretty bad. Um, the, my biggest issue with this version of the SEO is that the it seems like to me maybe I'm wrong. But it seems like it doesn't matter what happens because he's essentially in a game with, like, no repercussions. I don't know if it's, like, the old SAO where if he dies oh, in the no, game, he... does he die in real life type of thing? Yes. He, I mean, he's pretty much dead in real life at this point. He's in a coma, and his soul is fused inside this game. So okay. Dying in the game would de essentially delete his soul. They've created, like, a soul within the computer yeah okay like a flucked light or something along those lines but yeah if you die within the realm there is and attached to the neuro system that they are that he is attached to you will he will die for sure okay i guess you explaining what that is is probably the biggest reason why i don't like the show is because the, <laughs> the premise makes no sense to me and also there's one specific thing in alicization that yeah Drove me crazy. Uh, I guess we can talk maybe a little spoiler since this is the second part if people haven't watched it. But the part where how Asuna gets onto the boat drove me absolutely nuts. Oh, really? I, I was expecting completely different scenes, Oh, it's but. like it's this high-tech, state-of-the-art government boat and she sneaks on by wearing a wig. Like, that's <laughs> your security? Like, this is like this state-of-the-art thing that we have that no other person in the world has and you can sneak on a boat by wearing a wig and that just drove me off the walls but there's some other <laughs> stuff about the show that I didn't like but I don't want to get too much into SAO bashing alright alright <laughs> All right. next up we have the We Never Learned season 2 which was from two seasons ago um, it's a harem comedy about a boy who teaches girls who don't know certain subjects and he tutors them where the girls have if, like, one girl's, in, like, really good at math, but she wants to go in a different direction with, like, her schooling when she goes to college, so she needs help. And it creates, like, this harem type of comedy that we normally expect from normal, like, romance comedy harems. But this show is a little different from typical ones. I had way more of enjoyable time watching this compared to, like, a Nisekoi or some other, like, traditional high school harem comedies. Uh, normally, I wouldn't expect to watch another season of it but this one took me for i wouldn't say for a ride but it was definitely a very the best way to describe it is a very enjoyable show to watch and i know adam you're more you're probably looking forward to this one as well right oh yeah takimoto was my favorite character i 
believe of the season, the swimmer girl. Yep. The, the hot tan lines. I loved it. I, I loved her, like, cute, like, I'm totally in love with you, and I've been in love with you since I was a kid, but I can't admit it, even though she's so outgoing and everything else. I loved that, like, yep. not split personality, but, like, timidness. Yeah, I agree. We both so. had this. We both had the. We both picked the same best girl. But season two is uh, also going to be adding. Well, we we got her at the end of season one, which was like the upperclassmen. So it looks like she'll be yep. joining the ranks of the of the harem. So looking and forward I think to the it. Teachers, I think the teachers getting a little bit more into it too. From yeah. the looks of it, but. I could just be guessing there. It just kind of looked like that was the path it was going on. Yeah, she's she is uh, featured in like the PV and like the pictures of it. So Sensei, I think they just refer to her as will, def- will more than likely continue to be a role in the show. Really hoping the main character doesn't go after the teacher, just because I like a lot of people like the Sensei as best girl, like a ton. I think on the R anime vote, she won best girl for this show. And they're all wrong. I think I actually think she's a worse girl in this show. So um, hopefully it doesn't go that direction. You never know. I mean, it's a harem, so who knows? So it's still either way. I'm looking forward to. Um, we never learned season two. Same here. Next show on the docket is Beast Stars, and this one is a bit interesting. It has like a CG animation style to it, but. It, the synopsis of it is in a world populated by anthropomorphic animals herbivores and carnivores coexist with each other for the adolescence of cherry ton academy school life is filled with hope romance distrust and uneasiness so the main character of this show is lagoshi the wolf a member of the drama club and despite his menacing appearance he's a very gentle heart throughout most of his life he's always been an object of fear and hatred by the other animals and he's been quite accustomed to that lifestyle, but soon he finds himself becoming more involved with his fellow classmates who have their own share of insecurities and finds his life in school changing slowly. So it remind his like character sounds very similar to Ryuji from Toradora, yep. where he has that menacing appearance, but he's actually like really kind and gentle and caring. And I'm I don't know if I'm sold on the CG, but, like, I'm willing to give it a try. You were saying it was done by Orange, if I remember right? Yep, so Studio Orange is doing the animations for Beastars, and they're most famous for Land of the Lustrous, which is probably the best-looking CG anime on the market right now, I would say. Uh, very, like, highly rated show, and a lot... I think it won, like, best animation at, like, the Crunchyroll Awards. So it's a studio oh, wow. that definitely has experience in the CG market. If it was done by any other, maybe if it was done by Polygon as well, I would give it like a hope. But since it's done by Orange, like I'm really hoping that they go above and beyond what we're expecting in, in terms of CG anime. And the premise of it is not many shows are like that. I guess the only like real animal show that we have that's like popular right now is the Agretzko, but that's more like workplace and this one's more like school based, so Looking forward to see how they interact, uh, like, these animals into, like, a high school setting type of thing. Next up, we have the second season of High Score Girl. If you want, you can watch the first season on Netflix right now. Uh, it's like, if you ever fell in love with a girl at the arcade type of, sh- type of show, uh, they take place, This the main characters take place in middle school, and they're avid, like, street fighter... Um, what else do they have? Like Kingdom Fighter, King of Fighters, 
uh, tech in these type of games. So it really involves like the nerd culture of arcade fighting games along with just like everyday relationships and like love relationships of like finding love of an, in an arcade. Super funny show, really easy to watch. A lot of people are put off by the animation. It looks like it's kind of made in the 90s. The animation is not good, but it's it's kind of like you can move past it. it uh, I remember like when World of Warcraft came out, uh, a lot of people ba like hated on the animation, but like the show was amazing. It's kind of like that. I'm oh, sorry, the game was amazing, not the show. But so for this one, like the animation's bad, but the show is really good. I gave season one a nine on Mal. I liked it that much. And just if you're like a fan of nerd culture and fighting games and that stuff, High Score Girl is like a really fun, easy watch, and you can see like great cameos from like the original Street Fighter and then the, these arcade boxes and going to tournaments, etc., etc. Really fun show if you if you're into like nerd culture, comedy, romance type of, type of show. Yeah, I started the first episode a couple nights ago, right before bed, just to get ready for the second season. And I I liked the first episode. I'm interested to see where it goes. I don't know if the animation actually bothered me as much as it did other people, though. Yeah. I kind of, it kind of grew on me. Yeah, it, it, you definitely get used to it, and I think the story outweighs the animation. Absolutely. So, next one we're going to be talking about is one I'm kind of... Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a good one or a bad one, but Assassin's Pride. It's done by EMT Squared, who did... What was the name of that show? We were just bashing on it just a minute ago. Oh, the blessing of Ironhar and something of Ragnarok. Yeah. The terrible yeah. Isekai. Literally my lowest rated show of all time. Yeah, it's done by them. So if that show turned you off, you might want to just avoid this and wait to see what I have to say about it later. But this, the synopsis is the series takes place in a world where only those of noble families have the mana to be able to fight against monsters. Kufa is a nobleman born to a duke's family who is sent to tutor a young woman named Marita. If it turns out that she has no talent with mana, Kufa is secretly instructed to assassinate her. And watching the trailer, it kind of gave me one of those like tournament-style school shows where it's like a 12-episode show filled with a tournament arc and an under- or a secretly overpowered protagonist who actually like everyone thinks is really really weak I'm feeling like it's going to do something like that I normally enjoy watching those shows if only for a popcorn flick but knowing the animation studio behind it I might just be dropping it but I'm willing to give it a shot just because I like the synopsis of it yeah and this is one show that I'm probably going to be passing on but Oh, I don't blame it, anyone. It's definitely, it's this. definitely going to. There's definitely people out there who are going to be watching it. Uh, next up, we have the third season of the Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, if you're not familiar by now, Seven Deadly Sins is this giant shonen manga show that we have been running for last couple of years. Um, it looks like se I mean, season three is going to continue with Melios continuing fighting the Ten Commandments. The biggest issue going on with Season 3 of 7 Deadly Sins is they switched productions. They went from A1 Pictures to Studio Dean, which is not that big of a deal. But there's reports that came out that Studio Dean is now outsourcing the artwork for it. So it sounds like Studio Dean is not going to be doing all of the artwork. Uh, they're, doing, they're using like third-party sources to help with the artwork. So that means you're not going to have a dedicated staff working on the third season of seven deadly sins a uh, little skeptical i think the story's gonna be fine 
I just think the artwork is probably going to go down in quality by a decent amount since A1 is one of the top tier production companies in anime right now. And Studio Dean is still good. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, they're the ones that did, I'm pretty sure they did Fate Zero. Let me double check real quick. They did Fate Stay Night, not Fate Zero. They did like Konosuba though. So they, they have been known for some good artwork. But we'll see how season three goes. I don't know how people are going to view it. But I guess we'll wait and see when the first episode comes out. And it also looks like based off of the picture that they're using for season three that you need to watch the filler movie. It's on Netflix. The filler movie after season two because there are two characters in season three that aren't in season two but are in the filler movie. So I don't know a whole lot, but if you are looking forward to season three or planning on watching season three of Seven Deadly Sins, you should probably watch the filler movie that's on Netflix. Yeah, I can say I heard that same exact thing. I'm not caught up with the series so i probably won't be starting this right away but i did hear the same thing yeah you got to watch the movie even though it's like a filler movie if you want to be 100 percent caught up next series is a sports anime a basketball one so going down my alley is a hero no sora series is about a short week kid who just transferred to a new school kurama sorry i don't i cannot say this name <laughs> Kurumatani Sora is the main character in this story who loves basketball. He's been shooting hoops ever since he was little and has been trying to grow tall just like his mother, who used to be a basketball player. What has happened to her and what is Sora going to do at this new school is all up to us to find out. So, synopsis actually kind of has a little bit of some typos, but overall, it's a basketball anime. I watched the uh, little trailer on it. it. The art looks pretty cool. I enjoy the I enjoy the sport of basketball, and I love my sports and uh, drama shows, so we'll see how good this one is. There's not a lot to say about it. This one is actually the one I'm looking forward to the most next season. Um, oh, really? there's There's one character that looks exactly like Ellen Iverson, who's like one of my favorite basketball players of all time, and we really haven't gotten a basketball show since, like, Kuroko no Basket, which is... It is basketball, however, they have, like, the magical elements to it. Showing an aspect to it. Yes, and this is more, it looks, this is just based off, like, the, the like, the video that they sent out. It looks more towards, like, Slam Dunk than Kirkle's No Basket. Yeah. and even some of the character designs remind me of Slam Dunk. Yeah, so it's more, it's like a more traditional basketball anime. Really. totally okay with. I'm so, I love, basketball's my favorite sport, so. Uh, this one, as soon as I watched the PV, it was like, this is, this one's going to be right up my alley. This is one of those shows where, like, if it comes out on Tuesday, I'm watching it as soon as I can. It looks, it's one of those shows for me. And oh. not many shows, like, pull me, t pull my attention like that, but this is definitely one of them. Awesome. Next one we have up is Kono Oto Tamari Season 2. Now, this one is, like, an under-the-radar type of show, where Season 1 came out two seasons ago. I compared it to Kids on the Slope. It's a uh, high school-based music club who that plays the Japanese instrument, the Kono, which is like a laid-down harp, the best way to describe it. Um, it's like a combination of Kids on the Slope and Maid-sama, uh, where it has like these like really funny ships uh, that you can the, the characters have uh, amazing interactions. Like The music is brilliant as well. And... It was just, like, a really enjoyable show. Lately, I've been really into, like, these music animes, and this one was one of my sleeper picks two seasons ago. 
Um, if you like music, if you like uh, f like funny interactions between like a, a club, this one is highly recommended in my book. Check out Kono Oto Tamare, and then season two comes out this fall. Yeah, that was one I wanted to watch that season and just never got around to, so if you're recommending it, it might be worth popping in during this season. Yep. <laughs> Next on the docket is After School Dice Club. Now, this one totally speaks to me. So the premise is Aya is a high school girl who's just moved to a new town. Miki is her shy classmate and her first friend. One day after school, Aya and Miki follow the committee president, Midori, to a special board games store, the Dice Club. Without thinking, they try out a German board game together, and these girls who are searching for fun soon fall into an exciting world of games. So I have a tabletop group that I meet up with about once a month where we just play whatever board games we bought, whatever we have around, and we play for like, I don't know, four or five hours on like a Saturday night. It's such a fun thing. Board games, I feel like are, they're coming more into like Vogue, but they're still kind of niche. And I think if you haven't played board games, there's something you should really try. And if you watch this anime and enjoy it, go out to like a local board game store and just try some games because they're so fun. Yeah. Um, Adam, have you ever, did you ever watch Laidback Camp? I did not. Okay, so this one kind of reminds me of Laidback Camp where it was cute girls going camping and the premise of it doesn't sound too great, but it's legit one of my favorite like slice of life of all time. And this one, I'm kind of getting that laid-back camp type of vibe from it, where it's going to introduce people to, a, like, an anime version of introducing somebody into a hobby, where laid-back camp actually, like, started a legit, like, camping revolution in Japan, and people were, like, going all over the place, um, visiting what they saw in the anime. And I think this one's going to be something similar, where they're going to be playing these board games, and people are like, that game sounds awesome. Let me get a couple of my friends and let's buy this game and play it. And I kind of getting that vibe from After School Dice Club, where I'm hoping it's just like this funny slice of life comedy of girls just playing card like board games, card games, whatever that they have. I think you mentioned that, like they were playing like code names and well, or a code na code name type of game in like the preview. In the preview, there is you. They're standing in front of like the store selection, and you can see code names in the back, which is one of the games we play like every week. There was Dominion in the back. There was other games that you could tell were, like, legitimate board games. I just couldn't read them from the distance that I was at. But the ones that were up close are real board games that you could go out to a store and find for, like, $40 or something. And it's, yeah. And yeah. it's funny you said that about Laidback Camp because that's something I noticed with um, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift This Season where it's, like, on t my Twitter, and it may be just because I'm following the show... But it's like a fitness revolution on like in my anime groups I'm in where everybody's working out now because of it. So I kind of want to go check out Laidback Camp because you said that because that would give me a reason to go and like get out camping. And if hopefully this does the same thing for board games because they deserve more recognition. Yes, please watch Laidback Camp. On a previous episode where I did my like top 10 shows to watch before 2020, uh, since Laidback Camp is getting a sequel and a movie... You should probably watch it before the movie and the sequel come out in 2020. Will do. I have tons of time this season. All right, perfect. Uh, next up, we have No Guns Life, which is, looks like a Japanese version of RoboCop. But essentially, here's the synopsis. After the war, a cyborg soldier 
uh, is discharged and a uh, main character Juzo Ido is one of them a man whose body was transformed and his head is a giant gun he has no memory of his previous life or who replaced his head and why and now he's scratching out like what's going on in his life and trying to um, like patrol the streets and essentially kind of looks like a cop slash mercenary type of character uh, big things I'm looking forward to this that it's labeled as a sign in which is like an advanced or a, an older demographic than a shonen, so we're probably gonna get more like vulgar language, um, like real life scenarios, probably like more gruesome violence type of show. And it's done by Madhouse, uh, who is like one of my favorite production companies. Like they do, they did Death Note, the original One Punch Man, No Game No Life, Hunter Hunter, uh, Death Parade. So it's like one of the best production companies out there uh really looking forward to no guns life really looking forward to something to shaking something up in like this action genre that we have right now where right now we kind of have the vinland saga in terms of sign-in um so it's just i just like that we're getting more and more sign-ins involved in to the anime like seasonal rotation where normally we get like one a season so this is one just looks like another front runner banger of a show that sounds interesting. I'll have to. I might have to check that one out as well. I'm not too sure if I will or not, though. The only thing I want to say about this is like, do you ever have like that show or movie when you're watching TV and you turn it on and you just watch it and you see it like a hundred times? Oh yeah. To me, the one of well, it's one of two. Uh, one is RoboCop. I've seen RoboCop like a thousand times, so it's just one of those shows where it resonates with me, like to a T. So, obviously, not going to be everyone's, like, preference, but to me, like, this is, like, if you like RoboCop, you're probably going to like No Guns Life. That's a, it's a genre that we kind of need a little bit more of, those, like, more adult action series targeted more at, like, an older audience. We can use more of those. Next on the docket is Kimono Michi. It's a series that follows a mass wrestler, Genzo Shibata, who likes all kinds of animals and creatures. One day he's summoned to another world where a princess asks him to help kill magical beasts, but he gets mad and puts her in a German suplex. Instead, he begins his life as a pet shop owner in the other world. So, for me, this is one of the isekai I'm going to be watching this season. Hopefully it's better than this season's list of terrible isekais that I'm not going to talk about right now. But I like the idea of a character who isn't necessarily a hero. He has this, like, masked wrestler persona that he brings to protect animals, which is, I don't know, you don't really get a lot of, like, store owners as main characters. I don't know, how do you feel about that, Peter? So, the main genres of fantasy and comedy leads me to one of my favorite anime of all time, which is Konosuba. And this is, like, resonating with that Konosuba vibe, where... If you watch, like, the PV, it's just, like, him German suplexing a princess. Just, like, gender equality, German suplex. So, it's, like, (laughs) it's just, it looks like an over-the-top, funny-ass show. And it's technically an isekai, so hopefully the isekai kids get on board with this. Uh, He doesn't, he kind of looks like an overpowered protagonist, but, like, in a funny way. So, I'm, this one just looks like an absolute delight. I, I cannot wait for this show. Yeah, it, it's one of those where if you see the the uh, trailer that they released, 
it gives you more of an idea. It's kind of hard to like sit there and just explain, but it's like it's a guy who's going around like doing martial arts and like wrestling moves on people to protect animals. He's it, it's it's hilarious to watch. Like the people around the princess are all like in shock. He's like, oh, what's he doing to her? As he like throws her over the top of him. It's great. Yeah, I it's it. Check out the check out the PV. Uh, I think it's gonna be a delight. I, I think it's one of those shows where. When it comes out, if that's not your job, like type your your thing, maybe just watch episode one and see if it sticks with you. It's just one of those shows you gotta check out. I I totally agree. Next, we're going to be talking about the hero is overpowered but overly cautious. The goddess Rista summons a hero to help her hard mode video game like world. The hero Seiya is exceptional in every way, but he's incredibly cautious. He does things like buy three sets of armor one to wear a spare and a spare for the spare and go full power against weak slimes because you got to be careful so watching this trailer i loved the workout scene that he was doing the dude's like totally ripped you can tell he's like overpowered in the i trained my body to the max type of way but then like after his like flexing scene you see like the monster he's fighting against is like a tiny little slime and it's like the goddess is sitting there just with like a shocked face like I can't believe you're being this absolutely ridiculous just kill it 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 might be an actual absolute terrible isekai but you know I'm willing to give it a sh- shot it's done by White Fox Studio White Fox they did uh, Goblin Slayer which I I really enjoyed Goblin Slayer and believe they also did ReZero or at least like OVA yep but, yep they did the ReZero so, I really liked the animation style. There was a couple little scenes from, like, the PV, like, a thumbnail that kind of looked off. So, hopefully, the art is more on, like, the Goblin Slayer slide than what I saw there. But I'm willing to give this one a shot. It might be one of those ones you might want to pass on, though, if you're not into, like, comedic isekai. It kind of have, um, to me, it kind of looks like it has the how not to summon a demon lord type of vibe where... It's like... Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so... And I liked that one, so I still might check this one out. Maybe I'll watch it when there's, like, four episodes out type of thing, so I can get, like, a real grasp on it, where I'd someone, like, episode one to, like, ruin the show for me, so... I'm hesitant, but it, I think it has that type of how not to summon a Demon Lord vibe. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stand out as exceptional in any way. Yeah. It, it might be worth just, like, you know, a fun... Like I said, the popcorn flick... It's probably going to be better than the isekai that we have out right now. Oh, God. I, there's so much to say <laughs> on this. So. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a ne- another episode. Uh, next one that I'm checking out, I'm probably going to slaughter this naming, is Hoshii no Sora. Uh, it's a tennis story about a tennis program shutting down for, at a school because they need more people. And one of the students convinces, like, a star tennis player to join the team in return for money. Um, so it, it sounds like it probably has, like, this comedy aspect. And I was a tennis player in high school, so any tennis show that comes on, I am going to check it out regardless. I don't think this one's going to be crazy good sports anime just based off what I've seen. But it's tennis. If you like tennis, if you like sports, maybe check it out. But I'm going to definitely give the first couple episodes a shot. Uh, yeah, I'm not really a tennis guy myself, but I do like sports anime, so it might be something I just check out if it turns out to be pretty good. Yep. Otherwise, I might just skip. 
Next, we're going to be talking about Fantasy Star Online 2 Episode Oracle. This is based on the MMORPG by Sega that came out in 2012? No. I have no idea. <laughs> I think it was 2010. Anyway, it's getting a release over here in the U.S., so it's like kind of coinciding with this. We're finally getting it after like 10 years. But this was a game I played back and had to like mod it just so I could play on their servers. So I'm interested in it for that reason alone. But like I said, it's based on Fantasy Star Online 2, the MMORPG published by Sega. It covers the first three episodes of the original game and an original story. The game's storyline follows members of a planetary exploration organization, ARCS, based on the colony fleet Oracle that's searching for a hab hab habitable planet for its population. The members of ARCS defend Oracle and other planets from monsters called Darkers, which are under the control of the villainous Dark Falzies. Fals <laughs> I can't say that one either. It's but. a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you play the game or if you end up jumping on the game when it does come to the U.S. and you, you're interested in it, you might want to check this show out. The only reason I'm doing it is because I played through all of the story of this game all those years ago back in college and I had no idea what I was playing because I couldn't read a thing so it'll be interesting to see what the story of the game I was playing back in like 2010 was yeah and fun fact about Fantasy Star uh, the phrase beast mode comes from Fantasy Star oh does it? yes it I does I didn't even know that yep so whenever you hear beast mode you can thank that for Fantasy Star <laughs> next one I'm going to be talking about is I'm purely watching this based off of the name and that is I'm not even making this up it's called Africa No Salary Man the synopsis is a comedy that follows a lion a toucan and a lizard as they live their life as office workers in a capitalistic society in Japan I'm cracking up while reading it while also dealing with their unique situations as animals living beyond the savannah in the food chain now it looks like it has like this Agretzko vibe, but this it's strictly slice of life comedy. So I don't think this is gonna have like any drama elements. I think this is just gonna be a hilarious like business working animals in yeah in capitalistic society Japan. So I don't know. Just the name Africa No Salary Man drove me off the walls. So I hope this one's super good. It has actually a really high rating on Mal the web comic. So. I hope this is as good as I think it's going to be. For me, I think this might be the sleeper title for me of the show that I just end up gushing about for just being so over the top. Kind of yeah. like Dumbbells this season where I just love it for like all the like just silliness that it is. This show, I feel like, embodies that. Yeah, if you see me spam Twitter with... Uh... Maids of the Savage Season tweets. Uh, I think Africa No Salary Man's gonna be the new one where I'm just spamming every day. Please go watch this show, type of show. All right, and we're gonna conclude this discussion with Ascendance of a Bookworm, and the final Isekaya this season. Urano, a bookworm who has finally found a job as a librarian at a university, was sadly killed shortly after graduating college. She was reborn as the daughter of a soldier in a world where literacy rates are low and books were scarce. So no matter how much she wanted to read, there were no books around. What is a bookworm to do without any books? Make them, make them, of course. Her goal is to become a librarian so that she may once again live surrounded by books. 
she must start by making them herself. So, this, I, I don't know if this is going to be good at all, but I know you're really, in, you sounded like you were really into it just on the premise alone. And in Isekai, where there, it's not at all about combat, it's about, like, rebuilding a piece of, like, civilization that is missing. Seems like it could be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ab, have you ever seen Log Horizon? A little bit, but uh, not a lot. Not enough to, like, say I've watched it. Okay, so there's, like, legit world building and Log Horizon where they're creating this society. Like, they're creating an economy. They're creating, like, a government, that type of thing. And this show kind of has that, like, resemblance of building, like, literacy rates and books. It's, like, strictly slice of life. I don't know if there's just strictly slice of life isekai out there. So that's one thing that definitely caught my mind or caught my eye, and like the whole building, the world building surrounding books, and like who knows what like the impact of increasing the literacy rate is going to do with like the world building. So it's one thing that definitely caught my eye. I think it's going to put people off because it's not action at all. So we'll see how it goes. I'm definitely going to check it out. This is one of these shows that I'm going to try convincing my girlfriend to watch because she loves books. And I'm still trying to, to convince her to watch anime with me. So it's one of those shows where it has a couple things resonating with me. And I hope it also resonates with some other people. I really like the art style to it too. I like the cute character. Like the main character, uh, was it Mia Kazuki? She looks, I think, I, I don't know, the main character, whoever the girl is. She's real has like a short blue hair or sorry blue hair. She's really cute looking. I love the art style of it. So yeah, and I'm, she's a looks like an adorable main character. Yeah, she's what I think like ten years old or something like that. Something or, like that. Yeah, and the yeah, roughly in that range. It looks like a really fun show though, and if it can just like fill, well, we've complained about this a lot, but I'm gonna do it again. If it can like get that bad taste of bad isekai out of my mouth next season, that'd be great. <laughs> I agree. All right, so that's going to wrap up our season preview of fall 2019. And now we're going to take the time that me and Adam are going to transition to our journey to Crunchyroll Expo 2019 in beautiful San Jose, California. So this was this took place over two weekends ago. Uh, that was Labor Day weekend. Me and Adam went to check it out. This is personally my first time exploring a, quote, big con. Before this, my only con was Anime Detour in Minneapolis, which has an attendance into the three to 4,000 range. And Crunchyroll Expo was more into the, I'd say like 20,000 plus. So a pretty big con. Uh, I guess we could just talk about like the good and the bad that we had in our experiences of it. Um, for me, I can start with, like, my first, like, real positives of, like, a crun the Crunchyroll Expo was that we got to experience firsthand uh, panels from the Crunchyroll staff. We got to ask direct questions and find out um, different things that goes on in Crunchyroll. For instance, we, they had a panel on, do you want to work for Crunchyroll? Well, like, here's what we did and how you can get involved in Crunchyroll. So that was kind of cool if you're, like, trying to transition into an anime type of job or company. And did you have something that you liked about it? I mean, I really liked the dealer room. I normally don't spend a lot of time in there at other conventions just because it's super crowded and you can't walk around. But because the convention was so large and they expected so many people, 
it wasn't that bad getting around the dealer room, and you could find some really, really good deals on merch. I think I spent somewhere like three to four hundred dollars on stuff during the weekend. Yeah. Um, I think I spent about two hundred. Yeah, it, I, there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to get that I had to hold off on because of that. But like, in terms of specifically from Crunchyroll Expo, not necessarily like other big cons, there was a lot of like room to move around and i don't know if that was because they took up just got a big space for that very reason or if there was a lot less people than they were expecting but just the ability to get from one place to another was really quick and easy yeah and i think not only the dealer room was big but the entire convention was pretty large that i didn't have an issue getting from point a to point b in a a very quick amount of time yeah i also really like and this was something I think they I've never seen done in another con. This is only I've only seen a Crunchyroll Expo, but the passes we got when we got them in the mail, they didn't have our name or anything on it because they were completely not needed. You could just you walked by a scanner, scan it, and it, you walked in because it would like it was like an RFID or something like yep. that built RFID into the, built into the card, and it was it made getting in and out so quick. I, yeah. I loved that part of it. The only little downside about it was they also had you trying to scan it when you'd go out, and there were doors located around the convention that you could go out that didn't have, like, the scanner next to it. So you had to, like, walk a little bit down the hall, scan it to exit the con, and then go to your hotel room, which I did a lot throughout the weekend dropping stuff off. But overall, it was the ease of access between and the amount of room for everything, for the most part, was like top notch yes it was and i really liked the crunchyroll exclusive stuff that they had going on there uh they got to bring in panels and like voice artists and character like designers for specific shows to crunchyroll so for instance i guess uh, i think it's only on crunchyroll like i saw the zombie land saga panel and that was really cool to like interact with the care uh they had two voice actors the director and then they had the ceo of mappa which was kind of not i feel like many ceos don't go to like these anime panels so that was kind of cool that so it was was a cool mixture of people working on the show people in the show and then somebody running the company and i know they had that for multiple shows i just happened to go to i guess i also went to the food wars one as well where they had the the person who created the manga um one of the voices, the music director, the director, and then they had like the exclusive. I got to, like I got to see the first twelve episodes of Food Wars there as well, and twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Sorry, twelve <laughs> minutes. Not twelve episodes. And they had some other stuff going on too. Uh, they had like the premiere of the Mob Psycho One Hundred OVA, which I went a half an hour early. And there was about 4,000 people in line. And I'm not exaggerating when I say 4,000. So I did not go to that. And then they had other exclusives such as the Chihayafaru episode 1 for season 3 that's coming out. I haven't watched Chihayafaru so I didn't go to it. But like a lot of these exclusives that the shows are only going to be on Crunchyroll next fall. Uh, like the preview episodes, OVAs, that type of stuff. I'm going to use that to actually transition to one of the things I found I didn't like about the convention, and that was that when it came to panels, besides the rooms being really small for how many people were there, some of those rooms only had, like, seating for, like, maybe 
200 people, but we had thousands and thousands of people there waiting in line to get in. They also didn't have many panels, period. But the panels they did have were only like Crunchyroll exclusive and industry stuff. So they didn't have panels for fans to talk about things like get-togethers or anything like that. Like they do at a bunch of smaller conventions. And everything was Crunchyroll exclusive. There wasn't a lot, which it's kind of be expected. It's Crunchyroll Expo after all. But like when we did the, uh, what was it, the Jeopardy game. Yep. They had three Crunchyroll employees as the panelists, and then every answer was a show that was on Crunchyroll. So there wasn't like any like deviation. There wasn't shows from Funimation that were on like the Funimation website or High Dive or anything like that. It was strictly Crunchyroll, so it felt like it was a bit limited in that regard, where you want wasn't a lot of panels covering like a large variety of things. I, that was by far my biggest complaint. Consider, uh, since I've only been to one con before this, my biggest thing that I loved about Anime Detour was that there was something going on all the time. That I mean, that they had like hours of operation. Um, so every panel was Crunchyroll sponsored, which means they only had a limited amount of content. So there was times where I had three hours in between panels that I wanted to go to or activities that they had. Where and like a smaller con, there is something that's like community driven, so there's a lot more uh, different interactions and different types of genres and subjects that you can go either talk about or listen to or play games with. And this one, there was like no other than questions, there was hardly any like interactions with the community, it felt like. Um, yeah, that was one thing. I thought the arcade was kind of small for how big of a population they were expecting. Oh, absolutely. I There was probably only about room for, what would you say, a couple hundred people in that arcade room? And yes. that's if you were trying to fill it. Like, if you were playing games, there was only probably room for about 50 people to be playing games. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Detour had maybe half the amount of games that Crunchyroll Expo had, and it's like one-fifth the size I think they. I think Crunchyroll Expo announced that they had eighty games for twenty thousand people, and that was a big. Like, I we I went on when we went on Friday when there was less people. It was okay, and then Saturday it was like if you wanted to play one specific game, you probably had to wait thirty plus minutes. Yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of annoying. And it's the the part that bothers me about that too is that like you said before, there was a lot of free time between like panels. Unless you were going and just sitting in the chair constantly, you were probably going to be up for like three plus hours. And besides the dealer's room, there was only really the arcade to go to, unless you were also coincidentally competing in the Yu Gi Oh tournament, which also had its own like time periods for blocks. So you'd go over there and there wouldn't be anything going on. No. So really, like, your one thing was you're sitting in the dealer room if you're not in a panel. Which, a lot of the time, I feel like there's a lot more to do at a much more, like, what is it, like a local con or a fan-driven experience? Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I think it's more like my preference. Like, I, when we went to Detour, um, we were, it was my, like I said before, it was my first con, and I got to be way more involved with the people that were there. And, like, I had a great time just randomly meeting people at Detour, and this one was, like, the exact opposite, where it felt like I was... 
I don't know. It, it felt like um, going to like like in college. It was like I went to class. When class is over, move to the next class. There was like no interactions. Just go, 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 go. Find something to do, whatever. And like the community, it just it lacked like a community aspect, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I don't think that's a difference between big and small cons because I've been to other large conventions. I've been to YomaCon in Detroit where that one had a much larger presence than this one to the point where they rented out an entire new location that you had to travel by tram to get to or whatever those sky... Monorails. Monorail, thank you. You had to travel by monorail between the locations to get to. It was that big. But that had so much going on. It was... I have to pick what I want to go to because there's so much I want to get, like, use my time as best as I can. Here it was, I had so much free time I didn't know what to do with it. And I think that's more of a industry convention compared to, like, a fan-driven, like, convention. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily a large to a small convention. Yeah. Um, I also, I thought San Jose kind of was a boring town as well. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot going on as well after the con ended and the con ended at seven each day which was kind of early i felt like it started especially late too because what yeah stuff didn't open till what 10 o'clock was when they opened up and normally so, i felt like it was like eight o'clock or something at detour like you could have something as early or you could go all night if you wanted like the games the tabletop gaming room and stuff was open 24 7 through yep. the convention hours yeah, Friday was 11 to 7, so the first day was 8 hours, and then I, so I personally left Sunday, I didn't go all three days, and I had enough after two days. Uh, personally, I think, like, if I just went all day Saturday, that was probably enough for the entire con experience. I, I would agree with you on that. The only thing I wanted to go do, and I didn't even get to do, because it was a similar situation to you, where it was too packed to get in was the rising of the shield shield hero panel which we were we got announcements about stuff at the convention too which we should probably touch on we got season two and season three of shield hero announced so which was which was kind of i expected season two for sure just based off the light novel sales but the fact that we're getting season three announced already was kind of crazy I, i know there's a lot of content for shield heroes so that's probably the reason why but I didn't expect that they would just go up and be like, you know what, this is definitely worth it for another two seasons, which I'm glad. Yeah. I'm not complaining yeah, for, about it at all. For it sure. Surprised me. Meanwhile, no game, no life fans are still crying. Yeah, like please. <laughs> like I, I know there's that whole controversy with the writer or the author or the artist or whatever, but come on, that just make just make your own stuff up. It's not like you didn't do that for like Full Metal Alchemist and stuff. Just, yeah. just make up a story at this point. If it's bad, I'll at least get something. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we should wrap up this one. Um, my personal thoughts, I think that if you are in, because it's, it's already been announced that's in San Jose next year again. If you are in that Bay Area, California area, I think it's a good expo to check out for a day. Since me and Adam flew out from Minnesota to uh, view it, I would say pass. I would say try to find... If you like big cons, I think you should try... Adam has way more experience, but I would much rather try, like, uh, an Anime Expo. Uh, like you said, a Yoma Con. Anime I think there's some Central's other... Anime Central. One. I think there's some bigger ones that are definitely better choices for your time and your money. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I don't 
think it's worth flying out if it's like this next year. It would like I said, it was a fun experience, and the dealer's room is great. But that's, I feel like you could get everything done in a day, and that's all there really is to it. Just go there for a Saturday, and you'll probably experience everything you need to know. Anything else you'll hear about on Twitter or something. I agree. All right, that concludes our talk on our Crunchyroll Expo. Next, we're going to go into off-the-cuff questions. Peter, I think you pulled one of those for us, didn't you? I have an off-the-cuff question for you. Do you have one for me? I, I don't. I don't have okay. one for you right now. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Okay, so No, that's fine. All right, so I'm going to do my off-the-cuff question. So this segment is essentially I'm going to ask Adam a question that we have that he has no prior knowledge of me of us like planning anything essentially and so he's gonna have to come up with an answer off the cuff so adam my question to you do fandoms of certain shows ever drive you away from potentially watching the show or enjoying the show more or less depending on how you view the show that's a that's actually a good question um yeah to to an extent i'll actually i know the perfect one the melancholy the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And this isn't necessarily the fandom. I just want to be, like, preface it with that. But it's just one individual I know. Like, he's a very outspoken person, and he loved this show to death. And he pushed it on me for a long time. Like, And it just drove me away that I didn't watch it, like, out of spite of him. He's a good friend of mine, and I give him give him a hard time about it all the time but that's one of them that i can think of off the top of my head yeah um and then i'll oh, sorry go ahead i'm trying to think i know there's some shows like the if a show gets like way too much like i don't know unwarranted love before i can see it where someone's like it's the best show ever and i go my hero it. academia oh sorry i sneeze <laughs> i don't you threw me off there. Okay. Um, if a show gets, like, way too much unwarranted love and I try to watch it and I just don't see what everybody's talking about, I just tend to drop it and just say it's not my cup of tea and I just won't end up finishing it. Where if I didn't hear all those people saying, like, it's the best thing ever, you'll love it, I probably would have gone and finished it. Like, for me, Log Horizon was that way, bringing it up. Of so many people Ooh. were saying... I. I'm not saying I won't watch it because I trust your opinion a lot more so than I trust some of the other people I've heard talking about it, but they would be like, Oh, you're going to absolutely love this. It's like SAO, but if it was good and the first thing, (laughs) (laughs) the first thing that I jumped into the first episode I didn't like was that they were already like, I don't know, like, what was it? Like, max level at the end, I guess. It They're was really close to max up. level, yes. And so, like, I felt like I didn't have any idea what was going on, and they threw me into it way too quickly. So I'm like, okay, these are just people that hate SAO, and they're just SAO hating, I'm out. And I never gave it a shot. And it's probably, like, a really bad thing to do. I don't recommend doing that for any show. Don't let, like, other people's opinions of, like, being over, like, overbearing with how good a show is like deter you because you might miss out on a good show but I totally understand why it happens what about yeah. you do you have one that I guess like I can I, I can branch off of it just a little bit since you don't have a question for me um I agree with your Lock Horizon statement especially season one I think season two is 
is an absolute masterpiece, but season one is... Uh, I think I gave season one like a seven, but season two is a ten. So that's going to put people off. I completely understand Log Horizon. I guess for me, it's My Hero Academia. Um, and also kind of JoJo. I haven't seen JoJo, but like people just like rave about it constantly. Like the memes and everything like that. And it's like, I feel like I've already seen JoJo based off all the gifts and memes. <laughs> so I don't really have like ambition to go watch it. And then the My Hero, it's like... The fandom, especially, you might not see it if you're not if you're not on like anime Twitter or like like discussion groups and everything like that, where people just like legit like jizz their pants over My Hero Academia. I'm like, it's X Men, it's X Men the anime, and I love X Men, but like, it's not they're not doing anything that hasn't been seen before that like blows my mind, and I have some like issues with like people like gushing over like Bakugo who is like a legit terrible character in the show and I don't understand why people like Bakugo like people like Tordo Torodoki that's the name Todoroki I like Todoroki I think he's a great character and I'm glad like people like are like nuts for him but like I don't know just like people just like oh Bakugo is such a badass I'm, like he's a legit terrible character so I don't my I'm gonna uh, defend him a little bit I don't go like for him it. as a person I don't think he's a terrible character because I think what he brings to the show for Deku and Todoroki and the other characters is a positive thing. But as a person, he is a unlikable person. <laughs> I think he's a terrible character because he's literally there to boost Deku. And every character in the show grows except for him. Like, no matter what... Ex like, he has literally in like the first episodes, like, he almost dies and he doesn't grow from that which would make no sense. Where, like, Deku, uh, for example, when he's, like, getting crushed, and then he, like, does, was it, like, United States, uh, no, not United States, but he does, like, a Detroit smash or something like that. Like, he grows as a person from, like, a near-death experience, and Bakugo's just like, I'm an asshole to everybody because... I, I get that. Who knows why? Because I, I just think he's, like, a filler character for Deku. That's one of the biggest reasons. I, but like, I think they're going to go more into him now after the end of Season 3, though. I feel like this is yeah. going to be him and Deku almost becoming partners. I feel like they're that should have already happened. Or, like, rivals, but he's just a dick. I don't know. I can get into <laughs> this, like, a whole other thing, but, like, that's just, like, that's a fandom that, like, draws me away from... I shouldn't say away from the show, because I still watch My Hero. I still think it's a very good show. But I have multiple people in my friend group who, are, who legit think it's, like, the greatest... I'm not even joking when I say they think it's the greatest anime of all time. And it's like, no, stop. I feel think like about I'm think pushed, about what you're saying. I feel like I'm pushed more away from, like, characters from people than I am entire shows. Like, Bakugo's one, like, I've gotten to big arguments about with people about how much I, I don't like him as a person. And mm -hmm. to the point where, like, there's people that I've had discussions with that were so polarizing that I blocked them on, like, Twitter and stuff because they were like, you're not seeing reason. Or not even reason, but, like, you're just being a total, like, tool. And, like, I don't want to like this character because that character reminds me of you now. So, yeah. like, I've had conversations like that that have driven me more away from characters than entire shows, but, like... It's part of what the fandom does to people. We can be polarizing at times. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then just just to reference it, because I have to, SAO sucks, their fandom is terrible, and it definitely draws me... It definitely makes me want to hate the show more. I can understand that. I'll, I'll, be, I'll just I'll be real. Like, when people... Like, I don't know. When I ask people what they like about SAO, it's always, like, nostalgia. I'm like, that's not a reason why the show's good. Oh, it's a reason why... It's a reason why you like the show. I don't think it's a reason why the show is good. That's just, like, me critically thinking about the show. I mean, I'm not going to claim the show is good. I enjoy it, mainly because... And I'm, this will be for anyone who is wondering why I actually love SAO. SAO reminds me so much of my favorite MMO, RuneScape. Like, I can't even... Like, I don't know what it is. But with the time I started playing SAO was the time I got back into RuneScape after, like, a five-year hiatus. And I was, like, watching the show as I was grinding, like, some of these high-level bosses for, like, hours on end. And, like, the two... Anytime I, like, turn the game on, I think of sword art online now and anytime i think of sword art online i get the craving to play runescape so the two are like intertwined for me with like so much like good times back in college that i'll and high school that i'll probably never be able to like stop watching sao even though after re-watching season one i notice just how many parts of that show i don't even enjoy watching at all like the murders the whole like murder mystery scene i absolutely i skip it every time i try to watch the series again <laughs> those two episodes are just straight out the the whole like living together scenes straight out i mean i skip probably half of the first arc every time i've rewatched it but i yeah. still love it for whatever reason can't no. tell you and and in my defense too, I tried to give SAO a chance. I watched Alicization. It's so bad. <laughs> I actually okay. the first part of Alicization I liked, and then once they entered the training part at the school, I thought that's where it all went boring. I liked the part where they were fucking killing the goblins and stuff, and they had like Kirito had to like relearn how to like or level up so to speak because he like had no abilities anymore. I like yeah. that part, but then once I hit the, the training school, it did this. It was the same type of thing where like I didn't sign on for this slice of life part. I want the action scenes. Sure, that's understandable, especially hearing it from your viewpoint as someone who does like Sao. All right, next and our last bit, we're gonna transition to our twenty questions game. So if you are unfamiliar, I have an anime in mind. Adam is going to ask me twenty questions or up to twenty questions to try to figure out what anime I am thinking about. So, Adam, whenever you are ready, go ahead. Oh, man, I'm always so slow with these questions. All right, first one. Did this show come out after the year 2010? Yes. All right. I like that. I like to hear that. Is this a show that aired after 2018? Sounds like that's an ongoing show that started before and it came after, but... <laughs> yes. The answer is yes to that question. Alright, answer is yes to that question. It, was there a part of the show that was before 2018? Yes. So, I have a general time range. Is this show an isekai? Yes. <laughs> Damn it! 
does this show have an obnoxious fan base? I'm gonna go with no. Are you a fan of this show? Yes. Hmm. Huh. Let's see. And no looking Is on your mouth. Ooh. Oh god. I I want to say no. I'm not, I'm going to let that one go. I'm not going to count that as a question because I'm not 100% sure. I want to lean more towards no than yes. Mm. But I can see how somebody could interpret it as a harem. But like in the list in like the official listings, it is not listed as a harem. All right. Is there a sing is there a primary how do I want to word this? Is there one character that you can like definitively say is the main character? Like how Kirito is obviously the main character of SAO. Yes. Okay. You're at seven. Ooh. Does this show... Does it have... I mean, I don't... I don't know if that would even help me. Does this have a romance aspect to it? Like, is there romance between the main character and somebody else? It's not listed as a romance. There are, um, I'll put put it this way, there are ships, but there's no romance in the show. Um. There's, like, interactions, but there's, nothing progresses. I'll put it that way. Man. If you want me to, like, clarify that, maybe? I mean, I kind of get an idea of what you're going with it. Um, is there an I wish I knew more about Log Horizon now that I could like rule that one out Um, you can guess is it Log Horizon I mean, if you'd I like guess I could. is it Log Horizon it is not Log Horizon okay. Just that's want, 9 I need to get rid of that one so it's an isekai that you're a fan of hmm Did we mention this anime in this episode? No. Oh. Uh. That's a good question, though. Dang it. <laughs> I, I, I had my I had an idea of what this could be. Um. Is it a comedy? No. So it's, well, we did mention Konosuba, I guess, so one time. So it's not that. Freaking isekai, non-comedy. That you liked. Yes. Is this a highly acclaimed isekai? I would say yes. Ooh. You're at 12. Is Can you the, break would my the record? main character be considered a bad guy within the world that he is in? 
I don't know. I'm not going to count that. Okay, so it's, I, I guess I can rule out Overlord, because I'm pretty sure he would be. Oh! Um... Is the main character non-human? Yes. Is this the time I was reincarnated as a slime? No. Is okay. You're 14. So it's not that. I feel like I'm on the right track, though. I'm so beat. When you said if it's a good guy or a bad guy, I'm not counting that as a question. Right, because fair it's... Enough. You say Kai were the main character. Did you say the main character wasn't human? Correct. And you liked it. Is the main character a demon? No. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> I guess we talked about that one too. Oh trying to go quick because I don't want to have a bunch of dead air. No, you're going <laughs> at, you're at a very good pace for thinking of these questions. By the way, you are at 15. Yeah. Mm. This, is, this is the part where I was worried about. I'd get to a point where I was like on the right track but don't have a show in mind. Isekai with a something like that. Why can I not think of anything? That's a good question. Because I feel like I should... Is it, it should be right here in front of... Like, it's right in front of me. Oh, we're going to have so much dead air. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. You got five more questions. There is... You're, you're asking good questions. Just think about it. Yeah, you said it wasn't a demon. Is there, like, supernatural aspects to this? Like, is the... I'm going to rephrase that. Is the main character... Uh, nah, is there, like, magic inside this isekai world? Yes. Okay, so there is magic. You're at 16. So it's not, like, something... Um... the main character use like a sword of some kind like, I he guess has a weapon but it's not a sword okay it's not a sword 17 and it wouldn't be I feel like you hated smartphones so his weapon isn't like <laughs> his self he's also <laughs> a human being the main that, character that's true and that's definitely a harem. <laughs> I, I, I completely forgot about the harem aspect, actually. Yeah. Um. God. Not Overlord. I already had that one. What other Isekai were in like, that area? I feel like I should know more. I feel like you should, too. <laughs> Does the main character primarily use magic? Yes, 18. 
I think you might have stumped me on this one. You got two more questions. Come on, man. I know you can do it. You're on the right track. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I don't know how to explain it without giving it oh, away. I understand it. Don't, you don't need to explain it. I'm just... Sitting here trying to think of anything. <laughs> Dude, you're... S <laughs> Is this a currently airing show? Like, this season? Like... I guess, yeah, this season. I mean, that's probably a really dumb question. No, 19. Oh. You have one more guess. Oh, you should probably God. guess a random isekai then. Mm. Main character isn't human. <laughs> that's nope. the one that's like, getting me. I don't know why I can't... <laughs> You're going to stump me on... Dude... Oh, I think there's one question that's driving you crazy that you're focusing on. We know a person is not a slime. And they not are not a, a slime. Not a human. And I'm assuming, I'm just going to, like, state this. I hope you're not like, well, they're a video game character. Therefore, they're not human. They're data. <laughs> I'm assuming you wouldn't do that. I would not do that. That doesn't count as a question. I know. I, I'm just, I was just stating that as a fact. Um... Main character uses some kind of magic. You liked it. Yep. Try to focus on those. Not human. Magic. Liked it. Come on, you got I, this. I, I should have this. You should have this. I, I might have to give in on this one because I'm taking too much time. Can you just guess a random isekai then? can't do that dave <laughs> you can't guess any random isekai I, mean, I, I can't think of one that at least somehow fits those criteria like if i like if i the only thing i can think of that is anywhere close is one i've already guessed like if i guessed it i just i'm mm. I got. I got to think of a question. Uh, well, you can't because you're at nineteen. I know. <laughs> so you literally have to guess something. I need it. Yep. I'll give you a clue. Think of isekai magic, I not am. human. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Like I said the only one I could think of is really a slime. I don't know why I can't think of anything else right now, but you got me. What is it? It's Overlord. I guessed Overlord. You, no, you did not. 
You literally said, I don't think it's Overlord, so you never guessed, is okay, it Overlord? Well, you straight up lied to me. In the world, would he be considered a villain? And that is absolutely yes. That is not true. Oh, In season I, three, he literally helps the village... With that one girl and all the orcs, and in their eyes, they do in, not in view him world, as a villain. Ninety percent. He is literally viewed as a hero villain. in that in that in in the eyes of his two sword character. He is a hero. Oh, I hundred percent disagree with you on that. He is How he's one hundred percent a. No, Momonga, the skeleton face, is a villain. When he transforms to his alter ego as a two swords like knight dude, he is one hundred percent viewed as a hero. No, I. In that he literally helps an he, entire I'll village. I agree with you that when he's pretending to be a good guy, that people think of him as the good guy. But when he That's is in his saying. real form, the rest, everyone in the world considers him in his true form a bad guy. So that well, would have been a yes. The question was: That's why. That's why I tried to say that you should not try to view it as that because people uh, view him. Not everybody views him as a villain. There's a lot of people who view him as a hero. I mean, you could say that about every villain ever. There are bad guys that people are like, no, they're the good guy. I, no, I no, think no. the question was pretty obvious what I meant there. Yo, I know, but I couldn't give it away because you, you literally to, asked me. I feel Whoa. like that one you have to say yes, even if it gives it away. That's I feel like I don't have to. I feel like if you've that's seen like other lying. one, you would... I feel like that's not lying, uh, dude. There's so many no. people who view his character as a hero, no. like uh, like villages and cities, because he's like a platinum tier adventure. Like people but view him as like the high that's fake. The that's him. That's him as a person. No, he's he's, he's, he's oh time out. You said through their eyes, the, the through yes. their the world. Yes, views that world views him as, as a hero. Really is as a villain. Whoa, you like, should ask if he has an altered ego. I, okay, how about we have uh, people decide on if yeah, people if he if he views him as a hero? I mean, or no. if you if, were to, I, I'm just saying, if you type in, is does Overlord follow the bad guy? They will, and people would say yes. Okay, because here's the question: because last year when he got nominated for best antagonist, it went through a huge debacle because he's not an antagonist; he's a protagonist because he is not essentially. Like this he's evil a protagonist because he's the main character, but he True, is still but evil and the bad guy. Momonga is a villain. His hero persona that which he is gives a, to which people, which is real, which is who just he, which he only created, it is real because he no, legit he helps people out to advance his evil schemes, which is the real him. He still... That was not the question that you asked me. I have to answer it how you I, asked me the question. See, the way I asked the question, would the world view him as a bad guy? Him being the true him. The him that he that he truly is as a bad guy. That wasn't the question. It, that that, that was the question. The world view him. If you're like, well, his persona, that's not him. His persona that is, is not, him. No, it's not. At the, the eyes of people, they no, view him... I, as, some people don't know who Momonga is, but they know who his, his alter persona is. And some people in that world do not know who Momonga is. So they don't know if he's evil because they've never seen Momonga. Then they wouldn't have an opinion on him. How about we person. say this for an, how we say this debate for another uh, episode? I'm just going to say that was a cheap cheap answer. I don't think it was. I, I think I answered the I think I answered it correctly. I'm actually gonna put a poll up about ask some people if people view him as I mean, you can put a ball up, but I... 
I'm I'm done with this. I feel like you cheated that one. <laughs> I feel like you know what the question was, and you should have been like, let me... Re- I tried to be as informative in answering the question as possible without giving it away. If you were trying to be in answering the question, you would have said, I know what you're Whoa. asking, and yes. That would have been truly the most informative. I think if you're a true a true anime fan, you no. would... I'm sorry. I don't know. No. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask some people around. You can ask some people around. I we mean, can I've, I've seen the discussions online that that people would say, yes, he is the bad guy of the story. I think Momonga is the bad guy of the story. And I think that's who he is. He is the evil overlord. That is his true persona, and anything other than that is fake. And anyone who <sighs> believes that, oh, that's who he is, is just misinformed. I agree, and but so the question was, the is if you view him through... <laughs> at his true persona to be evil, and therefore the correct way to answer that question would have been now, yes. That he wasn't the evil. question you asked it me, is. though. The question you asked me is if people view through their eyes view him as a villain. I said, does and the world view him as a Some people do, villain? and some people don't. Well, because some people in the world don't know him. Well, that, some people only know his persona. The world... As a whole, a major- more people than not believe him to be the bad okay. guy. I'm going to ask some people, you ask some people. If okay, I asked back, 100 people and they all said yes, just saying that. I'm just saying you also probably did not give context to it, so we are going to come back, and if the, if more people say that's true, then I will apologize. I will rightly claim I, I was I, wrong. Next time, and I'm I will just going to you- say, if you have an idea what the question is, like you should... Do a little bit better to try to make sure you, uh, it gets answered the way the question is meant to be asked. I feel like if you tell people the context of the question and how I answered it, I think it works I mean, you can in see, my way. I feel like it's re- trying to twist what was said so you didn't have to give the answer away early. I'm just trying to answer truthfully. No. I tried to give you a lot of hints at the end of how you oh, should yeah, it answer the question. <laughs> I think you just I feel like you were go. stuck on him. I, 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 I did my best. No, yeah, have have a listen to the have a listen to the podcast, and then see if they'll come back and see if they'll retort what they say. All right, uh, all right, that ends the podcast. Yep. <laughs> Great ending. If you want to contact us, email what do you say anime at gmail.com or Twitter at what do you say Annie? That's what do you say A N I. Thank you very much for enjoying this episode, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>